It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. On my trip to Calgary, I met one Canadian millennial working tirelessly to normalize the cannabis culture in his community. Andrew Freeman got into cannabis during his teens and learned about growing and extraction at an early age. His passion for pot soon led to a curiosity of viticulture and enology. And Andrew soon found himself living on a vineyard, working as a cellar hand and studying to become a sommelier. For those of you who don't know shit about wine and spirits, the Wine and Spirit Education Trust is the largest global provider of wine, spirits, and sake qualifications. There are four progressive levels of study, and while honing his palate, Andrew earned the WSET Level 3 Award in Wines. Combining his knowledge of cannabis and wine, Andrew created the Cannabis Sommelier Persona and began hosting elevated dining experiences. While dining with the Cannabis Sommelier, guests are treated to creative cannabis-infused cuisine prepared by a local chef accompanied by strain and wine pairings and cannabis-infused cocktails. The Cannabis Sommelier brings cannabis conversation to the dinner table by offering a set and setting to explore both your palate and the cannabis culture. At the elevated dining experience I attended on 420, I met some fabulous local ladies who talked about their experience onboarding into cannabis post-legalization. In Alberta, there's still stigma attached to cannabis consumption, so most of the experimentation happens at home, alone. Which leads me to a teaching tangent. If you are mindfully experimenting with cannabis, doing it at home alone is a really great exercise. When you're alone, there's no distraction. 
You get to experience the plant and your body uninterrupted, which is important to dial in your relationship with cannabis and find your dosing sweet spot. It's also a great opportunity to journal and track your experience with each strain or product that you're trying. But back to Alberta. Isolation is great to choose, but it's not as much fun when you feel lonely to share your experience with someone, which is how and why I met these fantastic women at the cannabis-infused dinner party. The moral of that story, no matter the laws and culture where you live, you can find your tribe. And if you've been searching and can't find any local groups or organizations, maybe you, maybe you're the cannabis Sherpa to step up and make it happen. Since Andrew is an overachiever like me, the day after our elevated dining experience, I joined him on, yep, you guessed it, his podcast, Beers with Buds. It was a nice change of pace for me to just show up and talk and not be in charge of the direction of the conversation. That said, how about we both grab a beer, we'll smoke our favorite bud, and let's settle in together for this crossover episode of Beers with Buds. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just Hello and welcome back to Beers with Buds. I'm your host, Andrew Freeman, the Canvas Sommelier. Today, I'm joined by my new bud all the way from Oakland, Joe Newding. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me and thanks for hosting me at dinner last night. You're so welcome. You're actually the very first guest I've ever had that's actually been to dinner, which is so crazy. A lot of people have come on before they've done the dinner experience, but nobody's ever been able to talk about the dinner after doing it. So I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I had an epic 420 yesterday here in Calgary. That's awesome to hear because you wouldn't think that somebody from California would have an epic 420 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm telling you. I mean, I had some really great hosts. I love it. I had a high tea party in the morning and then an afternoon party and then our dinner last night. What are we calling it? The Elevated Dining Series. The Elevated Dining Series. Yes. It was really great. We have to be elusive with our marketing uh, in Canada. If we say anything to do with cannabis or any, any of those terms puts us at a huge liability to get in trouble for trafficking drugs. Well, and it feels like everybody's worried about getting in trouble in Canada. So everybody follows the rules. <laughs> right. We're all too polite. That's why absolutely everybody just stands in a line. If you see a line, you'll just stand in it to find out what's at the front. And I feel like that's like following the rules with cannabis right now where everybody's paving the way in California. It's the absolute wild west and people just do what they want from prop 64 to 216 and everything in between it was yeah. just such madness and here it was like oh, i'll just wait and see if the rules are all right for me to play well yeah i mean i have people a lot of times that are listeners from canada to my show and they do talk about how they wish people were more out and loud and proud with their cannabis consumption here. But from what I've experienced over the last several days, it really is like everything I went to yesterday, they were all private gatherings. Mm -hmm. And there's not like a main central kind of database where you can find out all the cannabis events and happenings. Cannabisevents.ca and Leafly slash Events Canada. <laughs> okay, well done. I didn't know that. I couldn't find anything. So Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit hidden because there really isn't that much. The reality is, is that these have to be private parties or else 
there's a, a, a massive legal issue. Like even what I did last night with the LVA Dying Series is very gray area, and it's how I'm continuing my activism inside of a legal framework because without cannabis dining regulations and nobody uh, serving cannabis and wine and infused dining, how can anybody ever write those regulations and do their duty of care to give somebody that experience safely um, if nobody's doing it in the gray area. So Right, so you're doing these parties and then you're also trying to get involved in the local government to get this stuff pushed <laughs> through? Or no, what, what are you to, doing? I used to go and pigeonhole MLAs and MPs. Um, I was really fortunate when I first got into cannabis, uh, I was 16. I met this lady who had gone through breast cancer. She was actually going through breast cancer for a third time, which is terrible. And she was too debilitated to grow her medicine, but she had worked in the auditor general's office very high up in politics mm -hmm. and was very informed and passionate about cannabis and cannabis consumption, um, and normalizing cannabis. So she really taught me well, she didn't talk. She indoctrinated me into being her lobbyist and showing what a cannabis consumer, uh, an educated, eloquent cannabis consumer looks like even from a young age. But at this point, I have no intention of putting that target on my back again. <laughs> yeah. You should tell people what you do. I forgot. We, we jumped right in. Give them your bio. Tell them, tell them all about Casually Baked and, yeah, and that whole Yeah, sure. Role. I am a cannabis lifestyle guide in the Bay Area in California. And so I teach people how to onboard into a cannabis for wellness lifestyle. Cool. Um, you know, it's either somebody who's new into cannabis or it could be someone who's been consuming for 20 years but... They don't know what CBD is or they don't know all these different methods of consumption. They've just been kind of an old school flower guy. Fair and enough. so, yeah, I, I just kind of walk the walk and I show people what that responsible cannabis consumer looks like. And I use Casually Baked the podcast as my platform to just be out loud and proud and help people kind of become cannabis Sherpas in their own community, you know, like showing people how they might be able to change the culture in their town, start conversations. It's awesome. Yeah, it's I fun. love that you put in for wellness. You're a cannabis lifestyle guide for wellness because it's amazing thinking about cannabis as a wellness product and as a medicinal product and as a recreational product. It's really transcends all of these different genres of, of how it can be used in day-to-day -day life. Totally. And I, you know, I tell people there are three keys to having a positive experience with cannabis mindfulness, microdosing, and your willingness to experiment. Okay. And in order to do all of those things, you have to be really intentional with your use. And mm -hmm. so for me, that's what cannabis for wellness means. Like I'm intentionally using this plant. Maybe it might be just to have a good time at a concert. Right. But it very well could also be because you have social anxiety and that's what makes you have a better time at the concert. So it's really kind of dialing down what that reason is. It's adult use or it's medical. Right. You know? And this is the big conversation in California. Adult use. People do not say recreational. It's adult use. And that's the vocabulary that mm -hmm. ends the stigma and perpetuates normalization. Yeah. Because recreational sounds like, you know, I mean, I do like to get high and go to the playground and swing, but <laughs> like that would be recreational consumption for me. Totally. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Recreational vehicle. Am I just going to get stoned and get on my ATV? No, that's, that's amazing. So did you try any legal cannabis since you've been here? Oh, yeah. I mean, I found a, a bartender today at the restaurant and was like, um, when we leave, we're going to have leftovers. So we'll drop by and bring you a package. <laughs> yeah, everyone we've met, they, you know, 
bringing us a couple of nugs here and there, wanting us to try different things. I got some amazing Moroccan hash. That's awesome, which is totally illegal. Hash, edibles, everything is legal. The only thing that's legal is dried flour that comes in one of these silly containers with the duty seal. Yeah, and I, I have... Been to a dispensary, checked out. Cannabis retail store. We can't call them dispensaries. <laughs> so silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, all of this is, it's very interesting to see how the packaging is what a disaster. so sterile and and so wasteful. Right. Um, and well, even the just the lack of marketing and branding, the idea that your THC symbol has to be as big as your marketing brand. You have you can only have one color on the entire package and your warning label has to be a specific size of the entire label and the type font has it can't be below a, a, an 8 or a 6. So it's just everybody's stuck and how can you have brand identity when everybody has right. the same plain package? It's, yeah. it, it, it seems unfair. You know what the other crazy thing is, is that uh, you're not allowed to pack with nitrogen or any inert gases. So there's no way to keep cannabis fresh inside these packages. I've seen a lot of those Bovida packages, packets yeah. around here. Yeah. And it's, two way, it's 0% the, humidity here. Yeah. And I know my skin is hating me right now understandably i I go (laughs) i go anywhere else and i'm like just an oily mess i'm like oh this is terrible take me back to alberta oh you can definitely tell some of the bud that i got one of the growers that had given it to me he was saying he was trying out a new curing method okay and so it was still um a little sticky almost the texture that you would traditional tobacco that you would smoke in a pipe okay and so he was like, you know, leave these packets open overnight. Well, I left those along with another one that was traditionally cured. Yeah. And when I went to smoke that this morning, it was just crumbling. Oh, yeah. yeah. It happened really icky. fast. Yeah. It's not. The first time I went to California, I was amazed. I had heard all these rappers. And then it made sense when it when it touched my fingers. I was like, oh, it really is the sticky, icky, icky. (laughs) And no matter what you do, if you leave your bag open overnight, you know, sometimes you come back and your weed's too moist. And it was like, that was the nicest blessing rolling, being able to roll blunts without a grinder. People think I'm so weird. I come to the States and I bring a grinder with me. Oh no, a grinder is imperative. I think it's imperative. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause you, you got to get that even texture. You get that nice airflow. You don't have to burn it as much. It kind of slow burns on its own. It's the responsible way to smoke people. It is the responsible way to smoke. (laughs) It's much better. And you're not getting your finger oils all over it. That's always the grossest part I think about It's just covering everything in my but i've had some really great experiences here now the stuff that's in the stores there it's pretty low dose thc that's left on the shelves and the high cbd low thc kind of blends Mm -hmm. um but the stuff that i got from just some other growers that i I had yesterday pretty tasty some giant colas good looking good looking cannabis around here there's a lot of great cannabis it's just still so hidden underground yeah that's kind of the big conversation going on is how do you get a micro grower this guy that's been doing it really well for 25 years into the system so that he can have um seed to sale track and trace in uh in a cannabis retail store everything here has to go through the government before it goes to the we don't have our co-packer is only the government 
and then it goes out. Yeah, so you have a di- yours has to go through a distributor mm-hmm. too, and that's the way we are. But it's there's a there's a really cool hustle in California because you can have these co-packing facilities that are privately owned, and you and the way that I understand it, it's been explained to me through the guys is that in these co-packers they'll put a testing lab, multiple brands, mm-hmm. and, and then basically. Once you have this co-packing facility set up and you're registered there, you can go and buy cannabis. I don't know now with 214, is that the one that came into effect? 64 to 214? No, it was Prop 215 and now Prop 64 is Okay, right. So when 64 happened, things got a little bit dicier, but for the longest time, you could just go into somebody's basement, buy all their cannabis, take it to your co-packer, test it there, and then say, yeah, it's good. Put it on the market. That was co-packed at this facility, tested, tried, true cannabis. I mean, I do know that there are a lot of facilities, you know, that are helping these smaller craft growers, mm-hmm. uh, like in, in Humboldt County, Flocana has created a facility that it is uh, storage for these farmers. It's trimming the bud, creating the the joints and all the things and, you know, being labeled under this Flocana brand. And, and so, yeah, it's a co-op. Yes, and it is. It's seed to sale straight from that one facility. So you, you know, the whole concept being that Bud gets gets tested in a facility that's just like right across the road. You yeah. know, so like it's all in the same facility. So it cuts out a lot of that transportation and a lot of the middlemen and hopefully, you I didn't know, know Flocana was a co-op actually, and it makes sense why they have so much market share now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they really are trying to. Um, give these craft growers, these second and third generation growers who, you know, are the OGs. They're trying mm-hmm. to give them an opportunity to compete with these really big, massive growers that are coming in now that... OG now that Kush. I want to give this one because I've never said this on the podcast. OG Kush is actually Ocean Grown Kush, not Original Gangster. Just right. so everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, Ocean Grown. As I have my, my California homegirl in... <laughs> Here, you came in with the Humboldt Seed Co. hoodie on. I was like, yeah, hopefully we get that OG line so I can drop that little knowledge nugget on everybody. <laughs> well, I kept telling people, this woman I met yesterday, Dorianne, I mean, she's, I said, she's a Canadian OG. And this kid, Connor, at the VM was like, nobody says that here. What? I yeah. was like, well, she's been a part of the cannabis scene longer than you've been alive. So I'm going to call her an OG. He's just not homied up. <laughs> he, he didn't, he didn't grow up in South Calgary, obviously, because we're definitely stacked with OGs down here. <laughs> this is where it is. You go far North or far South OGs anywhere in the center. They're just hipsters. Um, so yeah, I, I should, it's interesting because the culture is extremely small and the culture that I live in of the essential oils and all this really, the, the word heady is kind of what we all use and it's this 1% of cannabis culture where we're only smoking oil that's extremely expensive and only available to a particular person, only if you know somebody. And that culture, again, I didn't realize I was, I was living in that bubble and still everybody didn't get all the cannabis that I was getting and didn't wasn't able to see 150 strains at a certain point. It was still, you get what you get. Um, so it's hard. The... There's two different sides to the world, and I don't really see either of them working. Because in that one percent, it's only that it's the cool kids club. It seems, if in Calgary, if you're gonna do a a free event or a sesh or whatever, you would meet those same fifty people every every single time. And then there's the OGs, the old old school people, the growers that aren't 
really in that heady scene and they still like to smoke joints and they're they're quite traditionalist and again that's that's another scene that i'm just not um absolutely comfortable in mm-hmm. and so yeah i'm just kind of falling in this middle ground and trying to pave a new way where we can have informed educated consumers where it's a much more comfortable atmosphere i really just want to be able to smoke cannabis with my mom and her not have it make have it feel like anything dirty or the propaganda or the negative stereotype that cannabis has been looked at. all right so you're home you're in your hometown yeah do you does your mom know that you consume do you could do you consume around her yeah so you have developed that relationship with your mom well i've been getting in trouble for a long time like you know (laughs) i got busted when i was 12 years old and then it was 13, and then it was 14, and then it was 15, and then it was 16, and then it was 17, and then it was 18, and then it was 19. So you've been getting trouble your whole life. How yeah. old are you? You look like you're like 24. I'm 25. It's okay. my 26th birthday <laughs> in two weeks on May 4th. Um, but I've been in cannabis for a decade now, uh, like actively as a job, working on a commercial level. Uh, you were able to work in cannabis at a, as for a 14 year old 16 oh, I'm 25 six, uh, I turned 26 okay you did two yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah 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 you did so I met uh I met my my mentor wow. and, and she was uh she was amazing and I was I was in it I knew that this was what I wanted to do for my life um every other job I had in between was just a building block to figure out how I can create the personal brand that normalizes cannabis in the best way and that's why I'm the cannabis sommelier yeah I like that when I was 16, I wanted to be the next Barbara Walters. Respect. <laughs> Barbara Walters was a talk show host. I don't even know who Barbara Walters is. I'm watching yes. it right now. Well, I mean, I grew up in a tiny town, as we discussed last night. And yep. We got one channel, and it was ABC. Okay. And so Barbara Walters was the uh, the talk show host that did 2020. And so she would do these intimate interviews with world leaders and famous people and make them cry and make them tell her stories that they didn't necessarily want to talk about. And I'm like, man, I bet I could get people to talk like that. Like, that's what I want to do. You're the motherfucking Barbara Walters of the podcast. Barbara Wawa. Yeah, you're Joe of Casually (laughs) Baked. You're the new Barbara Walters. There's going to be this girl, her mom's going to be listening. She's like, oh, yeah, what do you listen to in the car? She's like, oh, don't worry. It's just the podcast. She's like, one day I'm going to be Joe. (laughs) This is journalism. This is uh, broadcasting. So that's pretty cool. You, you you know, you're you're well on your way to being Barbara Walters right now. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because all the the moms in Marin who I help them either figure out how to to get themselves away from drinking a bottle of white wine a day and, you know, figuring out a new way to decompress from the kiddos or how to talk to their kids about pot or whatever. They have, um, oh, yes. Yeah, beer They've deemed me Jopra, Oprah of pot. The Jopra. Yeah. Deep so that's Jopra. been, that's that's been pretty ass. fun, too. Yeah, oh, this did, is California beer. I know. I kind of <laughs> botched it. I didn't have. Uh, I was gonna go get Alberta beer because there's 39 craft breweries in Calgary, and then I was like, ah, oh, well, I have Lagunitas in the fridge, and I'm sure she's had this before. So, well, to be perfectly honest, I'm a little bit of a wuss when it comes to hoppy beer. So oh, I'll well, do my best. You're in the Thunderdome now. I have a I have a cider for you if you'd like it. No, uh, no. You'll struggle through it. Well, I, I like will. IPAs because they're the they're amazing um, for cannabis pairing. Right. Of the, course, the hops. Of course. Humulene. So, I for those who don't know, uh, there's a terpene that was found in cannabis. Um, it's called humulene. They found this terpene as they're researching cannabis and this distinct smell, and they wanted to place its 
genetics and what they found had the exact same terpene profile was humulus lupulus hops and so that's why the terpene humulene is humulene because it smells like beer hops so yeah they're cousins they're cousins they're they're genetic cousins we love it um so yeah so if you if you have an ipa that og is very good um any of those big gassy really pungent aroma classic northern california strains are so good with ipa Right on. Do you have anything for us that we need to try out? Mm-hmm. I got lots of stuff. <laughs> You're in the Thunderdome, remember? <laughs> I got some crazy stuff. I wanted to bring some, some really cool stuff. These are all blind right now, so I don't actually know what any of the strains are because I do, I do blind tastings for a gentleman, and uh, I write a book with them, which is really cool. We're, it's still gray market stuff, but we're doing my detailed tasting notes for absolutely everything he runs you this year. And uh, it's okay. It'll be loud. And in between, uh, <laughs> and in between different crops as well. So I'm able to see, like, if he's doing five crops of a specific strain, he's sending me absolutely every single one. And in every iteration, he's doing a live resin, a live rosin, a rosin, a full spectrum extract. And then I get to write these notes all blind. Because what big thing I want to do is teach people to blind taste cannabis. So well, let's talk about that for a minute because okay. I like to tell people that. Their relationship with wine can be very comparable to what their relationship with cannabis can be. So, mm-hmm. you know, exploring the the terroir and nice, you, you know, nailed the word. Thank you. Well, I've lived in the wine country for a little bit, right? So, but you know, like really diving in before you begin and just like you know what do you smell like what's the first word that comes to your mind and you know we do that a lot with wine and it's so easy to to take those same skills and use them in the cannabis space so what are some tips that you have for me and oh yeah and people to do that well it's really easy to pretend like you know what you're talking about that's number one if anybody's ever been to a wine tasting it's great. Pick like three words that you're just going to anchor onto and use those so well. Like just read one small document. I don't even know what that word's going to be for cannabis. Just remember myrcene, limonene, and beta carophylline. If you can remember those three terpenes, you're you're absolutely set and you'll sound like a pro anywhere you go. But I don't want people to just sound like no. pros. I want people to know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, and I think that's... So the number one thing is you're never wrong. Nobody is ever wrong. Whatever you smell is what you smell because smells are only memories. We only taste five things, sour, sweet, salty, bitter, and umami. And we smell millions and millions of things. And that combination of taste and smell is flavor, but we can only have flavor through memory. So everybody's memory is completely different of that of that moment, of that aroma. So you're never wrong. Trust what you think and say it out loud so take your cannabis if you have a if you have dried cannabis um i would suggest putting it in a container locking in that container and letting it ruminate hang out for at at least a little bit to collect those smells because what's happening is every time you open the jar it's oxidizing um just like if you leave wine open right when you open it it gets good there's a moment where it's best and then it starts falling off and that's exactly like cannabis um so open that jar and stick it really close to your nose. Like get in there and just love it. A deep, long sniff and then take it away. Try and understand. If you can't understand, just keep smelling it and really just start enjoying the cannabis and think about it on a deeper level than it just smelling like cannabis or skunkiness. 
wine never made sense to me until I removed the idea of alcohol. And then it became a really complex, um, intricate beverage, not there to get me drunk. And that's the hardest part about cannabis is everybody just assumes that it smells like skunk right away. Make mm-hmm. sure you fight through that, become familiar with it. And then after you've smelled it, you know, feel free to write notes too. Notes are probably the most important thing. Everybody should keep a cannabis journal because we're all so different. And those smells and flavors are really what's dictating your cannabis consumption experience. THC is only like gas in a car. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think people a lot of times have trouble getting creative. mm -hmm. And so sometimes having a fragrance wheel, a wheel or, you know, one of those little totally. kind of terpene wheels so that you can look and see, you know, woodsy, citrus and, you know, whatever these things are. And it just keeps dialing down and down and down. And I think something like that helps people totally really recognize what they're smelling. I, you know, I think people are really easily confused to think that I'm just really good at saying words out loud and like (laughs) a lot of people think I'm full of bullshit but it's like I come from uh, years ago like 18 to 21 I wanted to be a rapper that's what I did I produced music I released albums I transitioned in dance music but I was a I was a I was a rapper and freestyling was my absolute favorite thing to do so that transition of freestyling was really easy talking about wine talking about cannabis as soon as I knew the words so that's going to wine school. We can look back at my first wine tasting notes and they're so simple. Like I struggle to even think about raspberry, gravel, strawberry. And you know, it's very basic. And now it's just like freestyle rapping. I can literally just go as long as I want to go before I switch my rhyme scheme or go to the next mm-hmm. to the next moment. And so it's all... Your flavor flow. Yeah, my flavor flow. Exactly. <laughs> I had to learn... People don't with like with rapping, especially people don't understand or poetry even that all of us create rhyme schemes and the way that we create our flow is um, very personal and unique. And that's why people have flows and rhyme schemes are, you know, A, B, A, B rhymes, very simple or A, B, B, A, Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's just like the tasting note um, when I was able to break it into an analytical system, um, appearance, aroma, taste, overall impression it became really easy to have my flavor flow and just. Yeah. I like that. Repeat those four things again. Uh, so it's appearance. So, uh, when we, I invented the hundred point scale to grading cannabis, which I can't believe nobody did before me, but through the hundred <laughs> point scale, uh-huh. you get 20 points for appearance, 40 points for the nose because the nose knows 20 points for flavor and then 20 points for overall impression based on your experience with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig it. And that's, yeah, it, they get a lot deeper inside of those. And there's a bunch of other things I could talk about, but on the, on the, on the, yeah, base, keeping it simple that I like that. And the nose knows because those aromas, like if something's not pleasurable to you when you smell it, it's probably not going to be pleasurable to you when you taste it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, you know, for somebody brand new, if they're going in shopping for cannabis, the first thing is let's look at the THC content. Look at the THC levels. If you're brand new, I know you might think you need 20% or higher of THC, but you mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. So it's like find that middle of the road, that 9 to 15% THC, and then smell all of those strains. The unfortunate part about here is you can't smell anything before you purchase it. 
Um, you we, they have they have the sample jars out, but you could just look at those. I could we well, couldn't can, open them. Obviously. You can stick your nose in them, but they're the oh, bud gray box. Market. Is, it's not designed very well <laughs> to uh, actually smell, and like you experienced one day out exposed to the air, and cannabis is almost destroyed. Um, because there's zero percent humidity, it just oxidizes. Well, then fast. come visit me in Oakland. Oh yeah, I'll be Do there. Do your <laughs> Do your sniffing profiles uh, in California and then come back to Canada. Well, I got to Canada backwards somewhere, right? Well, and I'm talking about your listeners, my listeners. Yeah, I love it. Go somewhere where you where it's legal and, and practice and play this game. Yeah, Denver. Cannabis tourism is a real thing. Cannabis tourism is huge. And figuring out how to do cannabis tourism has been the hardest hurdle lately in, uh, <clears throat> in Canada all these people have so many great ideas of, of, of activities they want to do. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we actually give a cannabis centric experience? Well, giving the correct duty of care based on the legalities that have been presented right now. And it's, yeah. Is there a Canadian tourism board or the Calgary tourism board where you go and like, okay, how do we make sure people have a highly responsible experience when they visit us around cannabis? Like, I think that may now be one of the reasons why this lady from Tourism Calgary reached out to me for a coffee meeting. Well, good. Did not think about that reason of why she might want to have a conversation, but that's totally the reality. I'm, I'm the only person in Calgary that's curating events like this that are ex extremely cannabis centric. Mm -hmm. the, one of the important parts for me last night and you was that there's cannabis in all forms. And if you don't want to consume cannabis, you're also not excluded. But to be cannabis centric and to be a cannabis pioneer and event host, we we really can't forget about the cultures that do still exist. The people that want to smoke joints, the people that want to vape, the people that want to have dabs and do all of that. Everybody needs to be <clears throat> included because the shift isn't just what I want or what somebody else wants or the heady guys or the OGs, but it's collectively all of us and it's finding that middle ground. Well, and I think that that is one of the most responsible things that anybody in this space that's really wanting to to push things and to create a thriving cannabis culture here, it's like, you know what? I am responsible. I know what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. So it's like just showing up and, and having those coffee meetings and, and being that squeaky wheel and, you know, being the person that's like, Hey, I know what we should be doing. Just listen to me. Yeah, Let I'm, me help you. Help. Hello, I'm the guy. I'm yeah, the guy. Yeah, right. And, you know, and sure, it's a little extra work and you're not getting paid for it, but really, you will be getting paid for One it. Day. You One know day. what I mean? Yeah. I want to be the guy. That's the, that's the plan. Be the guy who knows the things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was on my, I was on my feminist cannabis diva soapbox last night at the party talking to all the ladies <laughs> all the ladies the ladies were in it you know, i i like that you know what i think that was actually the most female presence we've ever had at a dinner which made me really happy i begrudgingly always assume that it's going to be men mm -hmm. and like kind of a 30 year old dude um and it's really nice to see the transition of who is 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 joining for the dinner since they mm -hmm. are a totally private kind of wink wink nod nod thing i don't know if you got to meet oliver last night uh the cool tech chick she sent her mom for brunch and her mom was the coolest lady oh she was so awesome she she you know she was um in that probably baby boomer-esque demographic mm -hmm. and she was just so excited to learn she was an og 100 percent 
one guy was like, yeah, I think I'd like, you know, like a 30, 40 plant grow something. It might take a bit to take care of. She goes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we all, everybody looked at her like, how, how many plants does this lady have? Like, she's a gangster. She's just sitting here soaking in all the information from these young guys. But she was so excited to learn about rosin and all those things. We should have a dab. Here, you should smell this. This is some hash. Well, it's not, it's butane hash oil. But it's uh, it's 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 white. It's clear. Piney, terpinaline. Yeah, alpha pinene. <laughs> all right, all right. And what's my other? What's the other option you have? Well, it's. Or is out. this the one that you recommend? I don't know. They're both blind. I haven't even oh, dug into any of okay. these yet. Quite literally, just tasting samples. That one's pretty. This dank. one's a little. Well, it's it's a little sweeter though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I but, like this one. Let's do this one. Let's have that one. I look forward to it. Mm, baby dab me i like to be casually baked yeah it will be a baby dab (laughs) she's living the tagline if everybody heard that casually baked the podcast on spotify google play anywhere yeah anywhere you listen to podcasts i ordered like a cards before i ever uh started the podcast and now my podcast isn't on my cards and i and I give people the spiel. It's like, I host a YouTube channel and I have a podcast and I do this and this. And they're like, oh, where can I listen to podcasts? I'm like, you know, just go on podcasts on your phone. And they're like, I have podcasts on yeah. my phone. <laughs> but what's been surprising to me was that uh, there's a lot of different podcast aggregators. Yeah. Like just, mm-hmm. I had no idea people, well, number one, when I started a podcast, I never listened to a podcast before. And I didn't think anybody actually listened to them. I thought it was just kind of a place <laughs> to smell your own farts and whatever. Um, but it's crazy. Yeah. People, that I, RSS people, feed, people pick it up and it goes everywhere. Yeah. People care. People are interested. Like, Yeah. Digital media is uh, it's kind of a big deal right now. It is. Did you do radio? Or what, what made your transition into this? What did you do before? Like, well, I've been in experiential marketing for over 20 years. That's a good transition. Yeah. So, so it's all been media based. So I worked for CBS sports Cool. and infinity radio, which is CBS radio doing the spot radio sales back when Howard Stern was part of the network. Howard. Yeah. And then, um, worked for local radio in Austin, Texas. I sold KLBJ FM for four years. So it was like I I had the sales chops and then I, you know, put together events and then I traveled on the uh, PGA tour and with the NFL and did a couple of concert tours, Beyonce and Jack Johnson. And so I kind of learned how people like to romance products. And and then I have a broadcast journalism degree. So I was like... You know what? I might as well use that now. We might as well do it. Okay, we're on for our dab. All you have to All do right. is hold it straight up and down and just lightly suck on it. You just leave it. It's so easy. The future is great. The Puffco Peaks are... Yeah, this is super easy. I don't have to pull it? Nothing. 2019, smoking cannabis. Press a button. Weed. There it is. It just kind of buzzed in my head. What did it tell me? It's going into sesh mode. <coughs> so if you want some more, I can turn it back on for you right now. Because I'm going to keep going for probably the next like minute and a half, to be well, super honest with you. I figure um, <coughs> the safest thing, if you're trying to be highly responsible, a little dab will do you. Then wait for like 10 minutes, see how you feel. And then you can do some more. 
Yeah. So leave it, leave it there, and it's it's all good. We'll just heat it back up. That I'm tasted like, really nice. I'm glad you liked it. I really. So this is what I put the idea of a thousand dollar gram out there a while ago, and I said I want to be the guy that sells the first thousand dollar gram in Canada. People shut your mouth. <laughs> I hate that. No. Why? This is an incredible product. He bought a $40,000 filter just to make it that color. Like, you know, this. Th- these are the things that you need to do. If I've last So year- you really, yeah, you should just go ahead and move on to L.A. Yeah, I'm ready. Well, you know, my last name's... We don't want your kind in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm here. There, there's, there's a clear consumer difference, right? There's a person that wants to drink a $20 bottle of wine and there's a person that wants to drink a $100 bottle of wine and there's a person that wants to drink a $1,000 bottle of wine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think all those people need to be recognized and not exploited, but in some circumstances, you know, I see a lot of two, three, five thousand dollar cannabis cigars that go out gold wrapped that Exactly. That's my problem because we still have people that are in jail for being the wrong color smoking cannabis yeah it sucks so to if be you're black yeah. or brown and smoke weed i know if it was a perfect world if it was a perfect world but we have alcoholics and we have people that are alcoholics yeah, i know on. and it's a capitalist society yep. my my bleeding liberal heart can't take a lot of it <laughs> I, I know it's it's hard last year on my birthday i got to drink the most expensive ball of wine i had ever drank and now what do i want to do only drink like five thousand dollar balls of wine why because they taste so much better we just need to create that tiered system and you know you'll be able to you can get a great bottle of wine for thirty dollars that tastes like a hundred dollar or five hundred dollar bottle of wine it's all about being an informed consumer so tell me on this on the gray market what does this go for that would have been 135 dollar gram so that was like a yeah okay ten dollar dab okay but the high tier is sitting between 100 to 140 dollars a gram okay but in california um 710 labs cresco labs all those people like you know, a gram of their live resin in these same forms from a retail outlet is around $150. And those are American dollars. So that's another 20%. You get a 20% discount on Canadian everything when you come. Right. Another reason to vacation here. It's like monopoly money now. Yeah, it's great. We've had some amazing meals. Good. Where and have then, you eaten? What was your favorite so far? Well, same me. Ten Foot Henry is uh, my fave ski. It was so good. Katie and I went back two days in a row. That's the number 46 re- best restaurant in Canada? The that's list, it? The list it's just on came Katie's out. top five list well, in the world. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. The last time I went there, I actually had a really bad experience. So I kind of I trash talk it sometimes. Wow. Well, we had two amazing experiences. and um, I'm glad. I'm really happy. Oh, yeah. And you sh- I wish I had known you're at Hotel Arts because I would have sent you down the street. Well, you're here longer. Go to Bar Vanderfels tonight. That's they got what number fifty one best restaurant in Canada. We have reservations at Mercado tonight. You're, you'll go to Bar Vanderfels after after for, Mercado. It's a wine okay. bar. All right. Um. Yeah, my buddies are the are, are the owners and Psalms and Will and Thomas, amazing guys. Thomas was a guest on the podcast. Huge bins of wine out on the counter. It's like a 26-seat restaurant. And, you know, it'll be like, what What do you feel like? What flavor do you imagine when I ask you this question? And if you're like this, and it's like, okay, I'm going to bring you this. 
and it's just it's all a, right. I dig it. We'll give it a shot. It's it's a good it's a it's a good place. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a reason it's in the top 100 restaurants yeah. in Canada year after year. And it's only been open for three years, and it was the number three best restaurant in Canada last year by On Route Magazine. So right on. Tomorrow we're going to Banff and Lake Louise for Earth Day. So oh, for Earth Day. Mm-hmm. Do you have your hiking shoes? Yeah, my, uh, I got my limbs. Oh, nice. You'll you'll fit right in. And you've obviously never been to Banff. It's amazing. I was there last weekend. Yeah. I, what's I, the what? So what's the cannabis scene there? It's illegal. Yeah. So they banned all. There was a bunch of dispensaries that were supposed to open, and they're looking like they want to open them this summer, but it's just. Yeah. The federal government's into it. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't sell cannabis in the tourist attraction. It's literally just turning away money from the system. Well, maybe when they legalize some of these other forms of consumption, like the edibles and the vape pens and stuff, that may make more sense. But mm. they don't want people burning flour in a national forest. I guess, that makes then sense. You could, then you it's, could yeah, gate it's, what it's kind all of about the cannabis consumption people were having. But at the end of the day, by not having a retail store, you're just fueling the black market. Yeah. Like people are going to go somewhere on vacation no matter what, and they're going to ask for whatever they want. They're yeah. Just... Yeah, buy in Calgary and then... I walked out of the... Out. So we were at the Grizzly House. We went for fondue for my buddy's uh, birthday, his 30th birthday last weekend. I don't know if you've noticed, but nobody really seems to have any actual cannabis here. Like nobody's... At least in my circle, like yesterday at 420, I'm like, who has actual weed to smoke? Everybody's like, no, like I only have hash and I only have oil and essential oils. I'm like, fuck. So this was just like, uh, bam, I go and I'm like, oh, Clay will definitely bring some, some cannabis to smoke. We're all big fat backwood. He's like, no, I only brought dabs. And I'm like, ah. I had flour. I would have brought it. And so we walk out of the restaurant and I'm like, I really want to smoke a joint. I'm like, I really want to smoke a joint. Who's got a joint? Who's got a joint? And this guy's like, oi, mate, I got a joint you could roll. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, how you doing? And literally just hands me a nice size nug paper and he's like i can only roll two papers banff is invaded by australians uh it's <laughs> it's basically just little australia in alberta uh-huh. everybody just comes to drink and fuck and <laughs> snowboard and it, it's it, it's pretty awesome like you know if you're gonna do something in your life and you're like yeah my banff that's a place to go and uh so right now is like the tail end of all their work visas and so everybody's having a really good time they have the money from working the ski hills everything's <laughs> we're right down. on time katie <laughs> yeah for earth day it's gonna be an absolute party like it's what a, what a fun place to be all right well i may or may not share stories <laughs> i don't know yeah you oh that's you, so funny yeah it's a it's it's a great place you get so many awesome pictures have you ever have you ever been to the rocky mountains like in colorado yes okay yeah. so it's it's the same same but different <laughs> same same but different totally same same but different where was it it was, was it boulder or where in colorado vale it was the tiny ski town and they had more cannabis money come in than anywhere else and they were able to donate m- the most of any city in Colorado back into their public services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes me think about the exact parallel and the kind of audacity to not put a cannabis retail outlet in the city. Yeah, I mean, that's a great example. That would be a great conversation to have at that coffee meeting. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be with travel. If you need any coaching before you have these talks, call me. We Uh, will get you ready. I this is important. Yeah, it is important. I like doing it too. (laughs) It's it 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 is important, and somebody has to have the conversation. It needs to be presented correctly, or else. Well, and you are a 
good looking kid. You have a good oh, head think, on your shoulders. <laughs> you're well spoken. You know your stuff. You're doing good things already. Like you, you're a great poster child to push this through. That's, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, the last time I garnered some good media attention, it put like a big X on my back. I get. I did a article in the Globe and Mail, which is Canada's oldest national newspaper. Okay. And I was on the in the pursuit section. The cover story was Beppe Carousel is um, a, like one of the most. He is the OG wine writer in Canada. He's been writing for the Globe and Mail for like 25 years. He's badass. Like the fact that I got an email from him, I was like. Yes, like this is so cool. And then we had a three and a half hour conversation. Such a nice guy. Anyway, so he writes this article and I'm the middle quote that's like cannabis and wine are the exact same thing. There's a nice paragraph. Rogue beverage pioneers like Andrew Friedman are presenting cannabis and wine dinners under the radar all over Canada and has even been in the United States. Literally the next day, it's like, AGLC. Hey, so you know, what are you up to? What are you doing? What's going on with this? And I was like, oh. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, my friend. You know, that how, do, how else do we end the stigma unless yeah. people are talking? So it was even huh. funnier. I went over to my neighbor's house because they wanted to get to know us. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, in their late 60s, mid-late 60s. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we were reading the Globe and Mail and there was something about a cannabis sommelier or something like that. Yeah, it's, it sounded like a, it was a really neat story. And I was like, hmm, that was me. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were blown away. But I didn't realize how much position like that would perpetuate what I was trying to Yeah, to elevate say. the conversation. Yeah, exactly. All I'm trying to do, this is my tagline because I love your casually baked thing. I'm bringing the conversation of cannabis back to the dinner table. There you go. I dig it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of this stuff that happens in San Francisco and in the wine country, mm-hmm. but I feel like Oakland gets neglected a little bit in that regard. Everybody's and we've got scared. some, we've got some really cool venues and, and I think really doing it differently instead of it being so like, sophisticated and you know pinky out homie it up a little yeah like i don't know it would be fun to collaborate and and do something and and let you you know experience my cannabis culture i'd love that and you know maybe you there's some things that you'd like that you could bring back to calgary don't forget i'm i'm the backwood smoking rapping uh jewish canadian cannabis sommelier over here I'm an Oakland Raiders fan, too. I want to be there. I like wearing a suit all the time. Don't get me wrong, but, well. Well, right now you have on a flowery shirt and. My Canada is already great hat. Yeah. (laughs) I I wasn't sure what that hat. I was, like, trying to, like, nonchalantly look around you to see if you were wearing a Trump hat or not. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you're like, you know, you were bashing this guy last night. (laughs) I I listen to your podcast. You fucking hate him. Clean water over the border wall, like. This is my big pitch. Why don't we desalinify ocean water over building a border wall? That funding, I'm so fucking down for that funding to figure out how to make ocean water drinkable water. But I haven't heard anything about the border wall in a long time. That really kind of disappeared like a fart in the wind about well, three months ago. Well, that's because the Mueller report is finally out. So, we, you know, everything's smoke and mirrors. We just hear what we are wanted to hear. So would I just you be kinda... a politician? I would be the president of the United States. If, uh, I, was, no. if I was the U.S. guy, I'd be like, yeah. There is, I, may, I might be good at it, but there's no way <laughs> with my record and my history that I would ever 
not not record like criminal record, but just past record. And we had this conversation last night. It was like, have you ever bailed somebody out of jail? I did. No, I don't think I've ever. Pocatello, Idaho. <laughs> we won't forget you, Pocatello. <laughs> Fuck you. I love you, Uncle Frank. I didn't say that. <laughs> That's right. You were the one that reminded me of the name of Pocatello. Perfect. Uncle Frank. <laughs> You're a good dude. We like you. Shout out to you. I hope you listen to the podcast. I that hope is you listen a to the weird podcast town, too. Pocatello. So I was I was telling a great story where everywhere we went, we were trying to buy a bong. It was like, okay, let's go to the smoke shop. Let's go. You know, you'd figure either the gas station, the smoke shop, or a dollar store would have a pipe or a bong. A dollar store would have a pipe or a bong? Well, come Not to where Can- I'm from. Well, you're in Canada now, okay? <laughs> like, you go to the dollar store, you're going to get a pretty good pipe. <laughs> I'm like, just go to the grocery store and buy a the fucking grocery- apple. Thinking back on the story. Oh, yeah. So everybody's like, no, we don't, we don't sell that in Pocatello. Now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, why the fuck? fuck didn't i just get an apple i think i ended up making like a really elaborate gatorade bottle bong out of uh like a cut up can yeah. and a pen stem you and a... youngins try to make things too difficult well that's why i brought the <laughs> computer bong out for you to smoke yeah no and... this this is pretty rad i would have one of these they're pretty good i've one broke on the po- on a podcast once that was pretty funny i just pushed this button right here double tap it really quick Da-da! All right. And it's going to vibrate in your hand and then it's good to go. Okay. Yeah, Puffco, if you want to sponsor me at any point, like, you know, we do kind of sell advertising here. I kind of plug your product every single show. <laughs> Hook your brother up. <laughs> I could use like eight more of these for the dinner series. I promise they'd be, they'd be represented well. Well, are you just talking to them on the radio or are you reaching out to them? I think I'll send them this clip from the radio. I think that would and be... I'll be like, you know what? This got a lot of traction. We're in the top 100 food podcasts in Canada. And I said this I said this on the podcast. This is a real thing. At least one would be great. I never lied to you. And the big thing with Are these, you talking to me or Puffco now? Both. I'm, it's, it's a little bit of a... It's, it's a double dip. It's a, that's what we're going to call it. Um, but a lot of people scammed them for a lot of parts because it was such a not well-working electronic. Mine work, both worked... 75 percent are you gonna send them this part too i would (laughs) well i think they should know i did a review on on the interwebs forum on youtube and and they you know they they should know that it's uh like it's a pretty good product you want to try it katie yeah it's just a baby you're fine oh okay hardest part about doing a podcast what's the worst part for you do you produce it all do you do like the whole shebang yeah so i have a studio in your studio is sick it's way better than my office (laughs) i love it but you know for me i need to have the space feel as professional and as tightened and buttoned up as i want my product to be and so i created that environment and i do produce it yeah um i do edit do you use logic i know i do use adobe audition cool okay yes Mm -hmm. pro like if you're a real pro in the (laughs) actually using audio because i just use this to produce music yeah Cool. okay and then i i hired an audio engineer okay who i then turn the file over to and he cleans up those 
ambient sounds and all the, you know, random police car that drives by downtown Oakland or whatever, you know, yeah. he can fix that stuff. And what are the P's called? The plus, the, uh, I'm going to just keep wrecking it. Those, po- it. oh, the pop things. There's yeah, a specific word for it. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't fucking know, but I know <sighs> how to take them out, you know? Yeah. I got, I got you. Yeah. No worries. The thing for me is. Plosives. They're- yeah. 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 I love being in the moment and recording and talking to people. But then whenever I am done, I would like to just be able to send it off and let somebody else deal with it. Disappear from it. But when I've tried that, I get it back and I'm like, wait a minute, that this you pulled yeah. my story apart or my idea doesn't sound like what I meant or whatever. Right, you edit yours. Right. Well, which is- I only edit it if someone that I'm talking to... Mm-hmm. Maybe they say something and then they're like, I totally said that bad or I really would like to re-explain my business or whatever. And so, you know, I'll cut some of that stuff out. I'm ruthless. I never give anybody the chance. I like, I screw them in the first 30 seconds. I remember I was doing one with this rapper mm-hmm. and I was like, I start, I introduced him by like his old battle rap name and he looks at me he's like no 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 he's giving me like the cutthroat like no and i'm like no 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 man you're snitched out right now i was like that's what we're talking about i was like we're gonna talk about it at some point you gotta live up to your nickname he's like (laughs) well and so i do um kind of clean up the podcast piece yeah but the video i just let it ride so that's kind of like the unedited version if you care about that you'll watch it on youtube the video is always interesting I love the crossover episode. This is my first crossover episode. It's like I always loved the Sim- the Matt Groening ones, the Simpsons and Futurama. Those, mm-hmm. That's that's what got me excited about it. Or American American Dad and Family Guy. That's what I thought about when we first were like, let's do a crossover episode. I was like, yes, like cartoons. Yeah. I'm such a fucking nerd. <laughs> that's okay. Nerds are cool. Now they're cool. I'm happy that being a nerd cannabis entrepreneurship and technology are all really cool in 2019 or i would be fucked and totally <laughs> you wouldn't have up. that pretty little lady downstairs no <laughs> way yeah i got i got so lucky i'm still i'm still don't know how i tricked her into marrying me all right well thanks for playing thanks for the beer yeah you're ready this is your and, moment uh, okay i gotta ask you a question oh okay. there's a question i ask everybody all right you get a microphone all the time but if you get a microphone on my stage and you wanted to tell the world anything and they're all listening what would you tell the world well selfishly right now i will tell the world about my business Um, money yeah (laughs) yeah um but no if you are curious about cannabis i am in the business of canna confidence and so if you haven't subscribed to casually baked the podcast i would highly encourage it i would as well and also if you are somebody who is kind of struggling with something in your personal life surrounding cannabis. I have um, an advice show called Love Mary Jane. It is um, all about relationships in the modern cannabis culture, whether those are personal, professional, within the community. And um, so you can go to lovemaryjane.net and you can ask me any of your cannabis-infused relationship questions and I answer them on the show. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. Okay, before, I gotta ask. What's a what is? Have you had any crazy ones? Like, is there any like really good ones that were like stuck out so far? Well, I mean, so you can find shows on the yin and yang of dating somebody who's sober and you're somebody who consumes. 
crazy um, would never work in my world. Okay. There is a show on switch hitting. Somebody who's considering changing teams uh, in their 30s. Oh, like you know, becoming a, uh-huh. a, gay, a homosexual? Yeah, being like, I've been dating dudes and this isn't working out for me. Am I crazy to want to date women? So that was a fun one. We had a good time answering that one. So I partner with different people who are experts in Just that field it, or ooh, whatever. Everybody, listen in. I want to know the answer to what your advice was. <laughs> I probably would have just said, go for it and see how, see if you're into it. I don't know. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Everybody go check it out. There was one about people that are, kids are now out of the house. They're starting to experiment with cannabis again. And like, how can we use cannabis in the bedroom to have a better experience? And so, yeah, we talk about all kinds of fun stuff. It's, uh, you know, not something you listen to with your kids in the car. Yeah, of course, of course not. Well, we don't have kids, so that's okay. What was that one called again? Love Mary Jane. And and what's your Instagram? That is at Love MJ Pod. Oh, nice. And and then ca- casually baked, exactly it's, like it's yeah. At casually baked. Do you, have, mm-hmm. do you have a website for that one too? That is casuallybaked.com. You locked it all down. You're that casually did. baked. I'm casually baked on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on the World Wide Web. Okay, well, we're casually. <laughs> Thank you for getting casually baked with me. Thanks for hanging out. Cheers and uh, yeah. safe travels. Yeah. Welcome thanks. to Canada. Cheers. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed tagging along with me on my trip to Calgary. My goal was to give you a feel for what to expect from the people and culture and some fun things to do when you book your own getaway. My next stop is Portland, Oregon. So if you have requests or other can of curiosities, let me know. I'm exploring the cannabis culture around the world for me and you. So message me through the website at casuallybaked.com or I'm at casuallybaked for all you social butterflies who'd rather DM me. I'll include more Casually Baked YYC holiday pictures, including my Earth Day trip to Lake Louise and Banff, plus a video of the elevated dining experience. You can find all of the things in the Podcast 87 show notes at casuallybaked.com. And if you want more Beers with Buds, you can find Andrew's podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. He's at the Cannabis Psalm on all of your favorite social platforms. That's at the Cannabis S O M M. And he's on the web at thecannabissom.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, I sure hope you'll share it with your favorite pot smoking foodie friend. And thank you, Calgary, for the hospitality. I'm sure I'll see you again real soon. <laughs> and for the rest of you, Y'all come back now. You hear? Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.